Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I am your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 4.30pm on Friday the 14th of August. On today's show, Bubble Awards. We'll be revealing all the results as voted by you and throwing our votes as well. And of course, we'll be recapping the last two weeks of the bubble, looking at the ins and outs of the seeding games period. We're ready to go. It's time for tip off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board if you enter the player on either team. Decker's going to go. Oh, he falls down. A clear path to the basket and slipped and fell much to the right of the garden crowd. Harden lost the basketball. Going to the basket and it's going to give Westbrook an easy back. to hear the fans yeah, cheering. I'm, I'm surprised by that, and and the players are telling him not to be doing that. When he's sticking you and taking all your Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. JL, how you going, mate? Good, thanks, Nathan. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What a game we had today with uh, the Nets going up against the Blazers. It was it was great to watch, as always. Um but it was just good to have a sort of game seven sort of atmosphere. Even though, even though Brooklyn had nothing to play for, it was fantastic to watch a game seven atmosphere and just have something on the line for the first time in months. That's it. And uh, unfortunately, as I guess I sort of predicted, I'm sure everyone else did, the four opponents of the eighth seed battle that happened today, uh, the Bucks, the Jazz, uh the the Nets and the Mavs had, yeah. had had nothing to play for, and so a lot of them did just basically not try, and then so basically everyone who had to win or could win won, and it was a bit boring. But the Nets they pushed the Blazers, they they gave it a go, and great exciting stuff. It's been a it's been a good two weeks of the seeding games, and uh, yeah, I guess we're gonna get into it. Let's do it. So so let's talk about. A guy from Slovenia, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. His name is uh, Luka Doncic, and uh, he's part of the, I believe, best offense ever. As they set Some, their something off- ridiculous like that, something like that. You know, uh, per one stat in November, they set the 117 points per 100 per 100 possessions, um, which broke the the Warriors record of last year, I believe, of 115. Mm-hmm. And against the Bucks, he had a big game, Luka Doncic. He had 36 points, 14 rebounds, career-high 19 assists. Uh, and they've also got a guy called Kristaps Porzingis. What do you think of these uh, Mavericks? They're rolling at the moment. Obviously, they've got they've got a few things to work on defensively. They're, they're not the best team, but gee, their offense is incredible. Obviously Luca at the helm, he's just, you know, he's what, 20, 21 at the moment, 22. And he's already an absolute superstar in the league. Um, led the league in triple doubles, but his ability to score as well as move the ball around is just phenomenal. Um, Pazingas, we already, we already know quite a bit about. He's been in the league for a few years now. Um, defensively he's quite good. Not as good as I sort of expected once he came into the league in his first few years in New York, but his offense is still yeah. still great, especially for a big man. You know, the original unicorn, um, such a good shooter <laughs> of the ball. Um, and then they've got some good surrounding pieces like Kleber and they've got some outside shooters. Just it works well um, and they're, they're fun to watch. Pozingas, when he does those threes, I know we've got a lot of long-range threes, but when he does those, you know, those bombs and they mm. barely have an arc because of how tall he is, you know what I'm saying? It's like a very quick catch the, and shoot and he- The yeah. line drive threes. Yeah, and he just, yeah, and he just swings, like it looks like his whole shoulders just do this quick motion and you you feel like it's going in every time sort of thing. Um, but yeah, they are, they're, they're rolling, as you said, uh, Luca. 
um, that game against the Bucks. He got that triple-double, which actually made him the, if you want to call it, the triple-double champion of this season. He got 17 triple-doubles for this season and LeBron and Jokic are tied for second with 13. And I think that actually makes him the the, the youngest uh, triple-double champion, if you want to call that, ever. So he's a... He's definitely a, a wonder boy, Luka Doncic. He is. And like, even just in the bubble as well, like he's or, already this season he's been playing in, at an incredible level, but he's averaging, what, 30, 33 points per game going into today's game um, as well as 10 rebounds and 12 assists, so or 11.5, I think. So, yeah, he's putting up some big numbers and just taking those Mavs to, a, to another level. Yeah, so they're pretty scary uh, coming into the playoffs. I, I definitely wouldn't want to match up against them. There is a team in the West, though, that always has a lot of chatter around them, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, mm-hmm. Finished up the the seeding games, the bubble, with uh, three and five as their record. Uh, tell me about the Lakers and what's going wrong with them. I don't really know. Um what so like if you look at LeBron's career over his last probably eight nine years or once he started once he started with the Heat towards the end of the season once you know they had the seating locked up he would take some time off and he you know only play limited minutes in there they would have a, you know a losing record towards the end of the season but his teammates would be firing and that sort of he'd take a step back and get them involved and you'd think oh well they're not winning because LeBron's taking it easy but you know our role players are playing well. This season, the role players aren't playing well. Davis has been struggling mm. and LeBron doesn't look that good at the moment. Yeah, I I think that they're, it's weird to say, but they're missing the contribution of a guy like uh, Avery Bradley. They're missing that sort of guard defense. Um, and even Rondo to get the ball moving as well. That's it. And uh, I mean, I know I mentioned their record was three and five. Let's be honest. Uh, come Tuesday or whenever the playoffs start, they could basically turn it on and LeBron goes crazy. But I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look very wholesome at the moment. LeBron uh, mentioned um, to an athletic, I think athletic, uh, reporter this quote, it's just some things that you can't control that's here that I really don't want to talk about that's off the floor when talking about the, the Lakers offense and how they they aren't really in rhythm. And uh, as you said, Davis hasn't been playing that well. He, he had a, a couple games where he had 30 and I think even 40, but uh, he had two games uh, with under 10 points despite playing 30 minutes in those games, which... Obviously, if he's in the game for that long, he's not. There's only so much sort of resting you can do, and so it just sort of shows that they're uh, coming into this postseason not all not all coordinated. Yeah. You'd say, but like, well, like you said though, like I have absolutely no doubt in my mind, and we've seen this over and over again that LeBron will he'll turn it on and he'll be fine. But just That's- a player like AD with that doesn't have the resume that LeBron does, you're obviously going to be a little cautious of, you know, of what he's going to prove and what he'll provide to the Lakers offense and defense. But even the role players like Danny Green and Kuzma, um, well, Kuzma's actually been playing quite well, but Danny Green, you really can't put that much faith in him to be able to turn it on like a tap. So yeah. it will be it will be an interesting one to, to keep an eye on. But at the end of the day, I think, They've they've proven over the course of the season that they're a force to be reckoned with in the West. So um, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they do, you know, at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about their first round matchup. That's looking pretty tasty. We'll talk about that soon. Um, and on the other side of Staples Center, or actually Disney World, is the LA Clippers. And I just wanted to bring up again that. You know, I'm predicting them to win the championship, and you've been saying this know. for months. <laughs> and and PG only had one game under fifty percent three points at three point field goal all makes blah blah, uh, averaging eight attempts. So I, I don't know. I watched a bit of the Clippers, seen how smooth he was. Then there's the other guy, Kawhi Leonard. I watched him against um, the Nets when he when he came. It was halftime, 
the Clippers were down by 11 points and then they come out, Kawhi hits 11 straight points via threes and and a couple of long twos. And the scary part with Kawhi is when he's in offensive rhythm, like when he's just in a zone, you just don't want that. You you don't want Kawhi Leonard against you in a in an offensive zone. Um, as a Philadelphia fan, I understood what that felt like last season <laughs> when he they, they they were comparing him to Jordan in that series with how well he did in that series. I think it was nearly averaging forty points a game or whatever it was. Thirty five off memory, but yeah, I'd have to fact check that one. Yeah, obviously led him on to the the championship, and anyway. I just think that, yeah. Those two, are, they're, they're playing very well together at the moment. Um, I do, I watch Paul George and I, I've i never been that big on him, but at the moment I'm, I'm skeptical of the fact that he's he's relying on the three ball too much. Like he's not forcing the issue of trying to get inside. Um, yeah. Which obviously at the moment it's working for him, but I just think if he, you know, once the defense ramps up in the playoffs, um, I expect that three-point percentage to go down. So, for his sake and for the Clippers' sake, you know, I think he's going to have to try and create a bit more. But yeah. Kawhi, like you said, is in rhythm. But what he does well is he gets to his spots. Like He's not the greatest three-point shooter or anything like that. He's not the quickest. He's not mm. the strongest, but he's sort of good at everything. But what he's a lead at is obviously his mid-range shot. But the, ball, the slight ball fakes or the head fakes or just, you know, being able to curl around the screen, he's so elite getting to his position where he wants it and having the defender off balance. Um, And that's why uh, he's he's dominating. He had 27 points per game this season, which is his highest ever. So he's, yeah, he's definitely one to watch. Yeah, and on the the note of Kawhi and the Clippers and the rivalry with the Lakers, uh, classic Clippers and their setup, you know, rotations this season, on their... Assigned back to back of their seeding games, they had first Portland and then the Nets, and of course Portland are basically oh sorry were fighting to try and get the eighth spot, which would mean they would play the Lakers, and a lot of people are you know talking about how Portland may even beat the Lakers. Anyway, so they had Portland and the really undermanned Nets on the back to back. Do you think it's just coincidence that? Paul George played against Portland and Damian Lillard and then rested and then Kawhi Leonard played against the Nets where they both they both could have rested against the Nets. Kawhi could have played uh, – sorry. Yeah, they both could have rested one of the two at the same time. Kawhi could have played against Portland to help I – know, I know the Clippers actually won that game against Portland, but – do you feel like maybe they were the Clippers are sort of thinking about lying down against Portland to help them try and get that eighth spot to go up up I against mean, the Lakers? It's it's always a chance, and I wouldn't blame them at all for that. Um, I mean, you're going to you're going to rest Kawhi at some point anyway, so you may as well do it in a game where if they lose, it might be beneficial. Um, but like you said, they did win the game anyway, so at the yeah, end of the day, it doesn't they won matter. the game. But yeah, they won. Yeah, whether that was the uh, the intention, I don't know, but wouldn't surprise me because at the end of the day, the league's all about matchups, and the uh, the Blazers definitely will will challenge the Lakers if they if they do match up because um, obviously the Lakers guard rotation is depleted at the moment, so it might have been what the Clippers were were playing. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, so just one of those little things you never know, but Clippers are looking smooth in my eyes. Uh, moving on. Basically, the Raptors, they're incredible. Nick Nurse seems to be incredible. Uh, Where do they get these players from? I don't get it. I don't, I I don't know. Get it. I, it's, it's been happening for the last few years. They have these players that you've never heard of and then they turn into guys like Fred Van Fleet. Initially, you know, when he's first sort of making a name for himself, with the Raptors at least, I was I was looking at his name. You know, you look on the box score to start off with, and you're like, "What? What is this? What? Who? <laughs> who, who, who is this?" I and thought, then it's like, "Yeah, I thought yeah. it'd be like DJ Augustine or someone like that." At best case, yeah. No. But now he's you know on a contender, playing very good basketball, and is already a champion. 
He's yeah, and and then there's the guys like Terence Davis uh, and Bush. Is it Boucher? Did Boucher, you say? yeah, yeah, Boucher and Anobi, and it's just simply like guy. There's there's there's, uh, there's another journalist or something that says that you shouldn't have just try and not have bad players, and I don't think Toronto have bad players. No, you know, they've got players that can just come in and contribute in little roles here and there, and. Uh, They're exceptionally on, deep. Yeah, good but on uh, Nick Nurse. It must be nice, though, if you get picked up by Raptors 905 G League team and just knowing that you've got an NBA career ahead of you because it's just what they do. <laughs> they keep churning <laughs> out it. these players. That's it. Uh, and then apart from the Raptors, really, when we talk about the other uh, contenders, if you want to call them that, um, the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Bucks, Miami, Houston, they're all spent this seeding games finding their feet sort of thing or just uh, or they took it easy. You know, Milwaukee got that number one seed and then they just sort of seemed to take the foot off the gas. Uh, yeah, Celtics, I, I don't know what you want to mention about them, but I just felt like, yeah, same sort of story. They just not much to play for for a lot of these yeah, middle. It was, it was yeah. quite relaxed for the Celtics. Like Kemba Walker only played limited minutes. Um Jalen and Jason, as always, are providing. Uh, Gordon Hayward's looking good. So the Celtics looking looking fine at the moment. Um, I've been mm. impressed with Denver, though. They have really stood out to me. Michael Porter Jr. is one I wanted to mention. For, yes. I know Rookie of the Year is long gone now, but he is playing some exceptional basketball. I think for the season he was averaging, what, like eight, nine points per game, uh, limited minutes, not doing well defensively. But in the bubble, averaging – what, 22 a game, uh, chucking in two assists there, nine rebounds. I know he's a tall fella, but he's quite quite lean, so nine rebounds um, yeah, is quite wow. phenomenal there. So just wanted to give an MPJ shout-out, despite him being an anti-vaxxer, but we won't get into that too much. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that about he, him. He That's came terrible. Out, Wednesday went into the bubble. He was talking about all that rubbish, but he's born, <sighs> he's born into a family of anti-vaxxers apparently. Well, I... I'm pretty sure he played before the the suspension, didn't he? Yeah, before he did. the because I don't know if you heard, but um, players like Bol Bol or any rookies who just started playing in this bubble are going to be counted in next year's Rookie yeah. of the Year. Yeah, so in terms of the award, it's a little bit of a shame that um, MPJ, MPJ, mm-hmm. yeah, MPJ. Uh, you know, didn't just sort of start up at the bubble. Yeah, but at least uh, uh, Bob Bowles has been playing well, so he's a chance next season. But we'll, uh, we've got a lot of time to discuss that sort of stuff later on. Yeah, we definitely do. And, yeah, Houston and, and Miami, gosh, Miami, uh, uh, Spolstra is uh, an amazing coach in my eyes. Uh, the zone that he – oh, it's like a – it's like a deathly sort of spider web and he just puts it on these teams and, you know, Duncan Rob- Robinson and uh, Tyler Hero and all that, they've been shooting well. I mean, you you say, how long does it last? I guess we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I'm impressed by Miami. Houston's uh, role players and their sort of system seems to be working. Obviously, Harden and when he's not on Westbrook and then just everyone just spread out. Uh, but yeah, pretty much. I just thought that yeah, the those teams are all either taking it easy or just getting warmed up over this period. Yeah, they didn't really have too much to play for. Uh, we move on to the unfortunate things, uh, movements of the bubble, whatever you want to call it. The injuries. Uh, Jonathan Isaac suffered a torn ACL versus the Kings. That was uh, a I, bummer. Yeah, I saw that and. He was, yeah, he looked in real pain. Uh, any Anytime you see a non-contact injury and they go down and hold their knee, you know it's going to be something serious. Um, but he's, if he was in a, in a team that got a bit more coverage, everyone would be, you know, all over him. He's such a good defender at a young age. So to yeah. see him go down, and especially like an ACL that can later in your career affect your lateral quickness, um, yeah, definitely a sad one to see. That's it. And also, I mean, it, it's... I mean, we can mention this with all these long-term injuries, but the NBA, I, I pretty much believe, wants to try and start the next season by something like December 1 or something like that or or even November 1. I can't recall. But 
basically it's just around the corner. So Jonathan Isaac is going to miss maybe that whole season, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and that's just very unfortunate for him and the the Magic. Uh, and another one, another bad injury was uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Grizzlies. He suffered a meniscus tear against the Pelicans and he'll miss the remainder of this season, uh, whatever's left of it with uh, the Grizzlies. TJ Warren uh, playing well but has a plant playing heart. Well. Did you say playing well? He is. <laughs> he's been one of the best players <laughs> in the bubble so far, Nate. He he did slow down. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us tuned in to the non-national TV game of Miami Indiana, like myself. I did, and the Miami Zone and Jimmy or whatever it was. Maybe it was this injury. Uh, he didn't have much of a game, and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a buzzkill. I was hoping for TJ to, you know, blow up sort of thing. But anyway, yes, sorry. He's been playing so well. Um, He's got a foot injury. It's called plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis. I was going to say fasciitis. Um, In foot and then he sat out versus Houston. Uh, But Nate McMillan said that it's not serious. He will be ready for the postseason, which is good things for Pacers fans because apparently Sabonis is nowhere near um, coming back because he has, I think, actually a similar injury to that. So they miss him. He was obviously Sabonis an all-star this season. This year, yeah. yeah oh, I feel like, yeah, I wish he was in for them. I'd love to see them at their basically full potential in the playoffs. But anyway, Warren will be okay. Russell Westbrook uh, will miss at least the start of the playoffs as reported today by some Houston beat writers, I believe. Uh, He has been playing with a quad strain uh, basically the whole entirety of the the seeding games. He only played four games, I believe it was, out of the eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to sort of ask you or, or bring up that he played 44 minutes in the overtime game at the start of the seeding games, first the Mavericks. So if he, unless the, he's not telling them or he wasn't telling them, if he had that injury carrying it, I'm not sure I'd be playing him 44 minutes in the very first game, very first competitive game. Well, I suppose with one of these things is you just don't know the severity of it um, and there is a good chance that he just played his way into the in, into the injury. Sorry. Um, yeah. So especially with that game being at the start of the bubble, I'm sure he was feeling good and then just, you know, might have tweaked it during the game and adrenaline got him through and then, you know, when he's doing his cool down afterwards, he realises that this isn't as good as as he thought. So, um, you know, he's, Russ has been so durable for, through his career, so I'm sure he thinks he can play through anything as well. So fingers crossed for Houston's sake, he's all right. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about matchups later, but if they if he does go the first round without playing the Houston Rockets are really going to struggle against against OKC, I think. Yeah, he basically, I mean, I'm a big Westbrook critic, uh, a very big one, but they've slowly let him do his his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mid-range game, not take as many threes, and I believe what I've seen this season, it's slowly as they've accepted that of him, you know, he's in his comfort zone and they're finding a way to make it work and... Yeah, so, I, yeah, they, without him, obviously being one of their two pillars, they, yeah, they might be in a bit of trouble. But uh, anyway, then moving on, classic my life. Uh, ben Simmons has a, a bit of a landing, wasn't, didn't look too bad or anything like that, walked to the, the locker room and then Woj tweeted that there's no swelling uh, or pain, I believe, and it doesn't look serious. And this is classic Sixers life. Uh, and then, like, uh, I don't know, it was a day later or a, a couple of days later, it was reported that he has a subluxation of the kneecap, the patella, um, which basically means a like a sort of dislocation of the his kneecap. And and then I'm not sure what they said, but. Then eventually it came out he's gonna he's he's leaving the bubble to go get surgery to remove a loose body that was caused by the injury. 
and he will most likely not be back this season, which basically means he won't be. Yeah, I think you can um, you can rule Ben out. Yeah, so that's just that was just the worst news for us Sixers fans. But what do you do? And yeah, the Sixers. I mean, look, I don't buy. In, I, I don't subscribe to this argument, but. A lot of people say that we would actually be better without Simmons on the floor, especially on the offensive end, and that there is points that, you know, of course, and maths, stats. There's stats that go with that, but he's such a great defender. I can't believe he wasn't nominated for Defensive Player of the Year finalist, basically. Um, and he does, you know, and he was just accepting the power forward. I just, yeah, we, we're not we're not at our best without him. In my it's, opinion. It's such a shame because, um, I mean, like you said about you with Westbrook, I'm a avid, avid uh, Ben Simmons hater. I, I know but, you are. You- but it is it is such a shame. And even like going up against Philly, it's just not going to have the same the same joy knowing that, you know, we could potentially yeah. beat a full-strength Philly side. Um, you never want to win a series with an asterisk on it. Um, That's right, yeah. But, yeah, look, the, the, the everlasting debate over – whether he hurts or helps the team is always going to be there. But like you mentioned, his defense is incredible. And with, you know, heading into the playoffs when you're going to have to match up against, you know, Jalen Brown, Gordon Haywood, and of course, Jason yeah. Tatum, like Simmons' That's defense where we're going to miss was him. like the, probably the most vital part of Philly's chances of winning that series. So obviously there's, you know, anything could happen in basketball, but that's a huge blow. That is, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know you're not a lover of Ben Simmons. Is it because you scored a bucket on him back in high school? Any chance to talk about this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish that was the reason. Um, but it's that's I should like him for that, you know, for a defensive yeah, lap or my yeah. excellent offense. Who knows what it was? Um, but no, I just can't stand the bloke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, so that's sixes. And uh, Embiid... Also, I think in the next game, I believe it was, or maybe it was two games later, he went off with an ankle injury and didn't return that game. You could pretty much tell that it wasn't serious. He came back from the locker room, sat on the bench and was dancing around on the bench for the rest of the game. But it was just classic sixes. Uh, We have the worst luck, man. Oh, we have the worst luck. But anyway. At what point do you start pointing the finger at the training staff? Oh, well, wasn't it that we have Kawhi Leonard's doctor or at least we had Kawhi Leonard's? I don't know, man, but that was our, that was our little pitch to Kawhi about how, this, you know, he, he supposedly said he didn't like the way the Spurs diagnosed him or whatever and then we were trying to, when we were trying to trade for him, his doctor is our doctor. But anyway, I, I don't know. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> So yeah, just just write Philly off in in my emotions because I don't want to cry. Um, <laughs> now the real juiciness of the seeding games. This is pretty much what it was all about. All the playoff teams, basically, you know, as we said, didn't have much to play for. The race, the race for eighth. Now over in the East, it was terrible. It was over in five seconds. I believe that Orlando. Somehow managed to. I know they had the injury to uh, Jonathan Isaac, and they even had a a bit of an injury to Aaron Gordon. But for me, that's no excuse. Brooklyn have no one. Brooklyn have zero. Like they've got, you know, sorry, they've got Karis Levert and that, but they don't have Dimwitty. They don't have KD, Kyrie. They've probably got the best um, injury report of all time. Yes, oh, no joke. Kane, and and Irving, the, Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, there's some big names there. That's it. And um, yeah, so they they've got no one. And for the Nets to shuffle up a spot from eighth to seventh in these two weeks is just pretty. Doesn't look nice on the Magic, but no. The way what, that what happened, about the um, the Wizards being below Charlotte on the, on the standings. Yes, yes, yes. I did want to mention this. Yes, so and the, Bulls the Washington. Sure. Yeah, how, how does it look? What do you got there in the the winning? You got it up the winning I've percentage. Got, I was going to mention. So it's it's all confusing because now the games played are completely skewed. But in terms of games behind, the Magic are in the eighth spot, twenty three games behind first. Then technically the Wizards are in ninth at thirty point five games behind. 
and then <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets are 29 game, games behind and the Chicago Bulls are 30 games behind. The New York <laughs> Knicks are 31.5 games behind. So if Boston beat Washington today, <laughs> the Wizards yeah. could have been... 12th in the East. <laughs> it was just, and they, and in fairness, they didn't bring anyone either. No. But, but, and they, I think they went seven and, sorry, one and seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I found that hilarious and, uh, it'll be a, a bit of a mention later. Uh, yes, they, they're, they're ninth because of how it worked out. But I wonder how that works out. I'll have to look up the technicalities in terms of the draft. Uh, it was like, all I wonder double. if. I think oh, okay. In, yeah. So it was just standings prior to the bubble was, if I remember correctly. But yeah, sitting in ninth and uh, nearly 12th. <laughs> Shocking. But let's go to the uh, West. That's where all the fun is. That's it. Let's go to the West. We spent too much time on the, on the East just then. Uh, so the Spurs, the good old Spurs, 1997-1998 season, the last dance, JL, mate. Uh, it's like, have you even seen the last episode of The no. Last Dance? Do you even know what happened in 97-98? I don't want to spoil it for you. The Chicago Bulls won the championships in six games <laughs> over the Utah Jazz. They went, to oh. seven, they went to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> against uh, Indiana. Wow. I know it all, mate. No. Don't, don't question me. No, knows his stuff. They beat uh, the anyway. Charlotte Hornets in the first round and then the New Jersey <laughs> Nets in the second round. <laughs> And also in that year, there was a, a rookie by the name of Tim Duncan who uh, won Rookie of the Year for that season, 97-98. Yep. And for 23 seasons, including that one, oh, wait, maybe it's 22. 22, I think. I think it's 22 seasons, but it's like being sort of 20. Yeah, 22 seasons. The San Antonio Spurs have made the playoffs every single season. Is it four championships in that time? Uh, uh, five. 99, five. 2003, 5, 7, and 14. There you go. Five championships in that time. Uh, Greg Popovich is one of the goats of coaching. Some yep. will say the goat. Um, I didn't bother to look up the record of what the 22 years in, in your postseason means, but I'm sure it's probably a record for world sport. It's a sad day, really, for for, I guess, basketball eras that, yeah, the Spurs, as you predicted on, I think, episode one of our podcast, didn't uphold that record. Yeah, it's done and done and dusted, which is, you know, it's a, I mean, the dynasty ended probably when Kawhi left anyway because, um, you know, that was sort of the par- passing of the torch there from Timmy to him. Um, yeah. But I guess you can finally wrap it up and, I mean, I'm sure they'll be back next year. It's a Spurs. But you can officially say that that dynasty's done. Yeah, unless they sort of pick up some big players or something like that. And yeah, we'll see. But with the age of uh, Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan, you'd be thinking that right now they could sit out a couple of years. Maybe not. They're not going to go tank or anything. That's definitely. I don't see that being in their DNA. But definitely not. They probably might have a couple of years off when, for players like Dejounte Murray and also breakout player Calden Johnson, um, <laughs> might might grow up. He played at Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm pretty sure he played at Kentucky, unless I'm getting a different Johnson. And uh, good to see a Kentucky uh, alumni uh, break out and um, have a good spark in the bubble. But uh, the Spurs finished with a record of five and three over the two weeks. They always uh, had a hindrance or a disadvantage because they played less games, uh, which I actually thought was a bit of a weird uh, structure. I thought that might be a bit unfair. Mm. But anyway, they played less games and because it came down to win percentage, they had like they, – they were always, you know, even when they were equal yesterday, for example – they were, they were below by like point something one of a percent, yeah, basically. So they've um they've lost the same amount of games as Portland, Memphis, uh, Phoenix. So yeah, it was just if they had have played two games earlier in the in the season, who knows what happened. But I mean, when they did decide the bubble, all the owners agreed on it. So just is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. So um yeah, so the Spurs basically. Uh, did not make it 
they they were eliminated earlier today after the uh, early results. The Kings, if we go and move on to the Kings, they were pretty disappointing. They did have no Bagley, but I still feel like I don't know where they're going. I always bring up Dave Yeager and, and last <laughs> season. I just felt like they were so much more exciting and up and coming last season and now it's just about, oh, what's going wrong? And yeah, so they went three and five. Um, Bogdanovich and Heel contracts are coming up and uh, I believe they're going to be some hot property and maybe there might be a bit of shifting around with the Kings. Who knows what will happen there. The Kings are on a road to nowhere, but with um, uh, De'Aaron Fox is a very good player and uh, yeah. Bagley's always going to be unfairly scrutinized because of um, Luka Doncic being drafted after him. Um, yeah. But he also, is, I mean, he's had his injury concerns, but he's still a good player as well. So not all hope is no. there for the Kings, but, you know, they've been, I think it's 14 years now in a row where they haven't made the playoffs. So things have, oh, gosh. they've got to make some changes to turn things around. The Pelicans uh, finished two and six, maybe maybe the, more disappointing than the Kings, uh, had we, the easiest schedule. We both picked them to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, I've got the word disappointing. Yeah, I've got the word disappointing on the <laughs> on the document here. Uh, two and six. What, 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 I didn't really pay too much attention. I saw that they didn't really push Zion to his absolute Zion limit. Zion was pushed to his limits because he has done, by the looks of things, zero cardio in the entire break. Like, <laughs> oh, he, there you go. He yeah. was like visibly frustrated when he was taken out of games, but... Yeah, they would. You know, they'd say that he'd had their, you know, the twenty-minute minute restriction or whatever it may be for the for the game, and he'd play his five minutes in the first quarter, and there'd be a fast break, and there'd be he'd still be, you know, at his offensive end and hasn't even started to get back yet. Um, he was visibly gassed and wasn't moving very well. So, like, if, even if you go back a year and a bit to his Duke days, he doesn't look like the same the same man. He looks. Um, a lot heavier, looks a lot slower, and he's huffing and puffing a lot more. So I don't blame the Pelicans for arresting him, but I think it's the first time he's ever shown any frustration with the organization. Yeah. And uh, if you type in uh, Alvin Gentry in Google right now, you might find a video of a funny timeout play, but you might also see a lot of headlines saying uh, Alvin Gentry is basically on the chopping block he's he's pretty much uh nearly guaranteed gone is is what the rumors are and you'd think rightfully so the way their sort of uh two weeks went the uh memphis grizzlies uh i are nominated uh by the bronx cheer basketball for burst burst bubble which means most underwhelming uh, performance of the bubble they finished two and six for the two weeks. Just uh, I know, over the line. Yeah, I know. See, they started in eighth and I know they had the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, but they were just a whole bunch of nothing. And mm. or in terms of yeah, like they just stayed in and and they they made it into the ninth spot for the play in um just by being higher to start off with. Uh so that was pretty pretty I mean, bland from like the- it was you know, when, when the Phoenix result happened today, I was like, oh, Memphis don't deserve it. But at the same time, yeah, they did prove all season long that they were this young, exciting team. And all all year I was loving watching Memphis. And then for the last four days when I've been a Phoenix Suns fan, all of a sudden, I was like, no, I, <laughs> I, think we all I hate Memphis. I don't deserve <laughs> this. But, I mean, they have played better basketball for the majority of the season. It just sucks that but- they're playing like this right now. Yeah, uh, talking about the Valley Boys, the Phoenix Suns finish the seeding games as the only team to go perfect, undefeated, eight and O. What a shame that they basically missed out on ninth, which Memphis took simply because their tiebreaker with Memphis came down to their head-to-heads, and during the season. Uh, Memphis won three of the four games against Phoenix. So it is – I think we're unfair. all Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I think we're all Phoenix Suns fans at the moment. They've been so exciting to watch. Monty Williams seems to, seems to be doing a great job. Um, Mikael Bridges had a bit of a breakout in the bubble, which is great. Devin Booker is 
just such a great scorer and just so reliable. Uh, he he only had one game under 27 points and he hit a couple of big shots. He was incredible. I, know, uh, I, I mean, I know we sort of already just went on and on about him, but any other comments for the for the Suns, the Valley Boys? It's just there's no other word but unfortunate. Like they did everything they possibly could. <laughs> just like the fate just wasn't in their hands for the entirety of the bubble. Um but like it was so good seeing Monty Williams address them afterwards, and especially you know telling Booker that he's been through so much because they, he's I think I read today he's had over a hundred teammates already and like a new coach every single year, um, and yeah. it must be so hard to develop as a player with you know everything else changing around you. But you know that experience for the last two weeks will carry on to next season. I'm sure um, they're just going to be more motivated and more cohesive. So looking forward to watching them next season. And the Portland uh, Trailblazers, finally, uh, what a heroic sort of journey they had. Obviously, were a bit higher than the Suns, so they didn't need to go 8-0. and They went 6-2. and They had uh, the return of Yusuf Nurkic, who was out for nearly 500 days. He, got a, he had a horrific leg injury on March 25th, 2019. And so the return of Nurk was was awesome for their size and essentially just their performance as well. CJ McCollum was playing with a small fracture in his spine for most of the the bubble, um, and of course, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, Dame Time, you you name it. He averaged thirty seven points per game for the bubble, averaged about forty two minutes a game, about five and a half threes per game, and scored one hundred and fifty four points in the last three games alone. What do you what an ex- say? Like he's just yeah, and especially after the Clippers game where he was pretty unfairly criticised. But we'll, I know you want to talk about that later on. Um, yeah. But what a bounce back. Like his lowest scoring game was 22 points, I'm fairly sure, for the bubble. Um, just even the look on his eye today, he just was – there was no way he was going to let them lose. Um, offensively, he was just absolutely spectacular. Um, the threes he was pulling up. But did you see the one uh, at the end of the last game where it hit back iron and bounced up towards yeah. the state and then dropped it? Like he's just – he's just got it going at the moment. But then the defensive play he had today um, stole the ball off Levert, I think it was. Um, yeah. Just he just wanted Huge. to win so badly, and I th- I think partly is because of you know the Trailblazers. While they've had some playoff success lately, when they've lost, it's been bad. You know they were swept, swept by the Pelicans and they were swept in the conference finals last year by the KD less Warriors. So like every playoff win's almost been discredited in a way. So I know Dame takes that personally and just he wants it so badly out there. I dare say that Damian Lillard is, he may be the guy you want most on your team, maybe in the whole NBA. He's so loyal, so committed to the to the Blazers um, and he's never, he's always trashed on any talk about super teams or stuff like that. Uh and he's he just gives it his all, and of course he's a really talented player. So Portland are lucky to have him, and they sit in eighth. Memphis are ninth. The playing little tournament they call it will start on Saturday America time, two thirty p.m. Eastern time. Basically, because Portland finished eighth, all they need to do is win one game against Memphis, and then the series is over. Portland will finish eighth and will play the Lakers. But if Memphis win on Saturday, Memphis and Portland will play one more time on Sunday and then the winner of that will play the Lakers in the playoffs first round next week. So It's all happening. I think I think I think we can all agree that we're sort of hoping on a neutral point of view that Portland get through that and get go against the Lakers. Um Well Portland are the they're, they're the much better team. Um if it wasn't yeah. for injuries to to Nurkic and um, Zach Collins throughout the season, you know, they would have already probably locked up the fourth, fifth or sixth spot in the West. So they're the ones that can, they can do some damage to the Lakers there. Yeah. This battle at the, the sort of the, the, the fringe of the playoffs uh, was not, was only happened, as you said, because of the injuries that Portland had. Now let's quickly uh, get onto the, uh, the, 
heavily anticipated bubble awards, the Bronx Cheer Basketball Bubble Awards. It's why the fans listening today. That's right, and that's and that's what the the NBA seemed to copy us because a day after we announced we were doing it, Shams Woj, oh NBA is doing some bubble awards. So, I well, mean, we, we do know Adam Silver is a big fan of the podcast. That's right. That's right. He's one of the uh, constant uh, listeners. So, award number one was for let's do the let's announce the Bronx Cheer Award. So the Bronx cheer, if if you still haven't understood, a Bronx cheer is a sarcastic cheer by a sports crowd, and it's usually given if if a player, for example, has been missing all game and then finally hits one, and then it, his home crowd are so you know fed up with him, they're like, oh, you know, hey, you know, finally. Or a lot of the time in the NBA, you get a Bronx cheer if you uh, miss a dunk. You know, or you airball. Airball is the airball chant is a form of a Bronx cheer. Yeah. So, us here at uh, the company wanted to nominate Alvin Gentry for calling a timeout when Lonzo Ball was breaking wide open for a layup. In Did a, you see that, JL? Yeah, in a close game with what? How many minutes left in the fourth quarter? Down by six. <laughs> Great time. <laughs> just, just no awareness. Like Lonzo was just so alone. Easy bucket. And Alvin Gentry just calls a timeout and he puts his hands on his head. Sacked, basically, is what you'd say. Other nomination was uh, Tobias Harris' own goal. Classic Sixers, Damian Lillard, and classic Damian Lillard's bubble. Uh, he, you know, drives into the into the paint, has about three Sixers surrounding him, does the jump and swing around to try and pass it back and throws it into Tobias Harris's shoulder and it... Beautifully banks in. Lillard's just, uh, he's found so many, he's added so many dimensions to his game, just has an ability to score like no other at the moment. <laughs> and and uh, the third nomination went to Ben Simmons <laughs> for using his left hand to throw <laughs> a fish that he caught, <laughs> fish that he caught back into the, the lake and he missed. He threw it. He, he this, can't shoot. If this wasn't the most Ben Simmons thing of all time, firstly, he was posing with a fish that was like 12 centimetres yeah. long. It wasn't even worth posing for. And then tries to throw it in and goes straight off the off the wire fence. The poor fish. And just the, and just the way he turned around like back, so ro- he's a pretty robotic guy. I don't know. Anyway, um, and here's how the fans voted it. Uh, sorry, first off, let's find out what I would have chosen, what you would have chosen. What would have you chosen out of those three, JL? No doubt Ben Simmons. That was, <laughs> was just one of the best things I've ever seen. And just the, like the jokes wrote themselves. Um, just everything about him shooting with the wrong hand or he still can't shoot or anything like that. Um, it was just quality entertainment. Yeah, so personally, I, I chose to vote for the Alvin Gentry um, timeout. I just thought if I was in the crowd, you got to imagine yourself being there. And if I was in the crowd, maybe a couple of beers down, I would have, <laughs> I would have <laughs> been like, you know, I would have really given it to him. Um, if I was, I don't know who they were playing. I think it might have been the Kings. But anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, and any, the results, as voted by you, the public, uh, the winner with forty five percent of the votes was Tobias Harris's own goal. We did. It's the one we didn't even choose, no, JL. Obviously, uh, uh, obviously, we don't count for the public and our opinions are usually rubbish anyway, so that's, that's it. it. Um, ben Simmons' fish got 36% of votes and Alvin Gentry got 19% of votes. Uh, Honourable mentions, Wizards' winning percentage, as you heard before, their winning percentage is actually lower than the Charlotte Hornets who did not even come to the bubble. And so... A big old Bronx cheer to the Wizards. And, God, we've got to bring up Kevin Durant. He just, even though he's not in the bubble, we got to bring him up. The gist of uh, the Kevin Durant story is that he was criticized by, I believe, a, a podcaster or, yeah, a podcast. And then KD's representative said, yo, DM the Addy, KD want to send you some gear or a jersey or something, which is a bit weird in itself. And then they responded with, I don't want nothing from that fool, blah, blah. And then she kept like criticizing him. 
and then KD started liking all of her partner's uh, photos and followed her and started, yeah, so basically started liking this person who's criticised him, their partner's photos, uh, and then she called him out directly saying, why are such a weirdo? You're too wealthy for this. My girl had to block you. KD responds, my bad. I accidentally pressed follow and liked all her pics. Phone tripping. <laughs> <laughs> my, hand, um, my hand slipped while having a wait. <laughs> anyway, KD is just unbelievable. So, Bronx cheer to you, mate. You just just stop that. Good old KD. And, gosh, I, maybe I should have nominated this. Chris, Chris Boucher. Is that how you say it? That is. Chris Boucher on his Instagram, apart from sharing all the conspiracy theories about the coronavirus, like, and so is Dwight Howard, and let's not get into all everyone, shared an Instagram story that was talking about McDonald's having human meat at one of their <laughs> factories. <laughs> we don't human even talk meat. about that. Oh, I just- don't, don't, don't eat McDonald's, JL. <laughs> yeah, go to KSC. Because... I'm not sure if you're into cannibalism, but Chris Boucher certainly isn't. Uh, so if he yeah, didn't warn me about you, that, mate. I would have kept eating the human meat. <laughs> but now that he's told me not to, I'm, I'm glad I can I can avoid Maccas. So moving on, next award, best moment of the seeding games. The nominees were Damian Lillard with 61 points, Devin Booker's buzzer beater against the Los Angeles Clippers. Or Kyle Kuzma's game winner with 0.4 left on the clock against the Nuggets. And the top two results were basically Dame Lillard, 61 points, got 70% of votes. And Devin Booker, buzzer beater, got uh, 20% of votes. And then Kuzma got 10% of votes. Uh, what would you have voted out of those moments? Look, you got to sort of lean towards Dame for his 61. However, maybe Booker just for... Mm. The fact that it was over two, two incredible yeah. defenders, but That's you can't it. you can't overlook the fact that Dames was over the course of forty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I probably lean towards because you talk about moment. I think I lean towards Booker as well because, as you said, and on the photo, as you may see on the Bronx Cheer basketball socials, um, Booker's hitting that buzzer beater over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and I think. There's a lot of players that would be loving to do that in this uh, next few weeks. So, for me, it would have been Booker. But anyway, congratulations to Dame, best moment of the bubble. Uh, moving on to the next award, uh, Bubble Trouble. Any wild movements in the bubble? Uh, the nominees were uh, Lou Williams, Chicken and Strippers <laughs> at Magic City. That wasn't technically in the bubble, but it was. It was part of it. Um, so it's all George. Yeah, Paul George and Pat Bev um, jawing with uh, Dame Lillard during the game. Damian Lillard missing crucial free throws and then they end up losing Portland. And then after the game, Lillard saying, oh, you know, it's a bit of respect. I sent both of them home in different playoff series, which is pretty, that's a pretty cool statement. And then they both replied on Instagram uh, or at, I can't even remember what they said, but basically uh, they both sort of said, we're going to send you home. And then Lillard clapped back and then he's like, oh, PG, keep changing teams. You know, you're weak basically. And then PG just kept going on about it. He posted on his own story, you know, he's like, if I <laughs> if I hadn't had injuries, I'd be doing better in my career. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Just, uh, just, it was just rubbish, that whole thing. Um I'm, yeah. I'm fully in support of Dame. Like Pat Bev, he's always going to try and roll up an opponent, but Paul George just got – he got like hooked right into that and was just – his argument yeah. was pathetic as well. So Yeah, that's it. Dame had him with the argument. Yeah. So, um, And then um, even Paul George's wife, I believe, and Dame's sister got into it on Instagram. So it was just all very ugly. That was one of the uh, no, uh, nominations. And Giannis. Headbutted Mo Mo Wagner uh, in a whatever game against the Wizards. I did not know that Giannis had this in him. Well, you say that, but he, Giannis got suspended in his first year. Do you remember that when he he um he tackled Mike Dunleavy Jr. in a playoff game? 
Oh, yes, yes. Now yeah. I do. So yes. he's obviously got a bit of a, a hot head at times, but he's, you know, the last six years he hasn't shown it. Um, but he said it wasn't specifically at Mo. He said it was a buildup of dirty plays and bad calls that got him. So, oh, okay, yeah. But why would you? Well, yeah, yeah, the game was a nothing game against the Wizards. You're going to win anyway. What are you doing, Giannis? Yeah, and I thought it was a bit weak by the NBA. They only suspended him for one game, which was, I believe, today against yep. the Suns, was it? No, they yeah. had Memphis. Oh, Memphis, yeah, Memphis. For a headbutt, I would have given him at least two. And then, you know, so what? He misses game one against against uh, Orlando. You know, what's what's the matter? What's the difference? But anyway, the winner of those was Pat Bev. Paul George and Damian Lillard's beef with 57%. Second was Giannis's headbutt. Which one would you have chosen out of those three? Definitely the strippers. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the whole, and I spoke about it on the last podcast, but just the excuses that came out and the fact that they lied um, and said it was an old photo, but he's wearing the mask from the bubble and claiming that your favorite restaurant is at a strip club, just. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got to agree. I reckon definitely the the strippers and then people talking about how good the wings are at Magic City. I just <laughs> yeah, it was just a whole funny debacle. Um, On to the Burst Bubble Award, which by definition was the most underwhelming performance, and the nominees that we put up were the Pelicans, Memphis, and the Jazz. For all obvious reasons, we didn't get to mention the Jazz. Basically, bit of finding their feet, bit of couple of injuries, but but they were doing nothing. They no. were so nothing, and nothing was happening. They're losing, worrying signs going into the playoffs for uh, Jazz fans. I think honorable be okay, mentions. Though. Yeah, hope so. Who who have they got again? The the Jazz. They'll be lining up against Denver. Denver. All right. Well, I don't know. Personally, I reckon. I don't know. I, it's actually a good matchup when you think about it. Go bury but we, we, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to previewing those on uh, on the next pod early next week. So, who would you have picked out of the uh, these Pelicans, Memphis, or Jazz? Definitely New Orleans, purely because yeah. we both picked them. We thought they were locking for the playoffs. Um, yeah, and they've made us look like we don't know what we're talking about, and we know for a fact that that is not true. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, they were just playing some awful basketball, and I do worry about. Zion's conditioning. Um, however, I think going forward, they'll be fine. Yeah, for me, the Pelicans too, and also the public thought the same. Pelicans, 71%. Most underwhelming performance. That, was, that wasn't that was great. Honorable mention to the Lakers for being so crap and the Sixers for just being same old, unlucky, clunky offense. Nothing's ever going to work for this basketball club. And also the Kings. Honorable mention for the reasons we said before. Bring back Dave Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Boogie. And and the the one the main award was for bubble MVP. Uh, the nominees that we put up were TJ Warren, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard. Honorable mention to James Harden. I didn't want to squeeze James Harden into the nominees simply because he rested. And none of the other players did rest. Mm-hmm. If it, Warren was out due to injury, and I just felt I wanted to put players that really had a crack. Yeah. Um, who would you have chosen for bubble MVP? This one sucks. Like, <laughs> it's so harsh. Look, uh, TJ Warren, he averaged out of nowhere 31 points a game with you know six rebounds and two assists. Um, of course, Dame- career high. 53 yeah. points oh, against just, the Sixers. Of, of course. Was, he was playing just some unbelievable basketball. Um, Devin Booker, probably the best, you know, the best um, streak of his career with, well, obviously in terms of wins, he's never won more than like three games in a row and had eight games in a row, but he was playing some incredible basketball. But, I mean, the storyline's all with Dame at the moment. He's he's scoring, but he's scoring points. He's averaging over 10 assists for the bubble. His team went six and two, um, won their last two games. He just he just took over. I mean, I, I think I would have said um, Booker a bit earlier or before the three game stretch, but uh, 61, 51, and forty two as your last three, um, you know, points tally. 
a total of 154 points for the last three games. We talked about him averaging over 40 minutes for the whole bubble. He, he essentially carried them to that eighth seed. Without a doubt. Um, and so for me, it's Dame as well. And 91% of the public went with Dame. So Dame is the bubble MVP, the Bronx Cheer Basketball bubble MVP. Unfortunately, Book only got 9% in the end. I think it was obviously the, the later games that that did that. But so there's our bubble bubble uh, awards. Thank you all for, for voting on them. It was good fun. And uh, we have some playoffs on Tuesday Australian time, Monday US time, JL. I believe a certain Boston Celtics team is matching up against uh, a team from Philadelphia. This is going to be fun, but <laughs> I cannot wait to hate you for the next week in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will do a thorough um, look in next week, I'm sure probably after all the game twos, I assume it's going to end up being or game ones. Um, but basically just run off the the matchups. So where, where are they? Running down the east, we've got um, Milwaukee versus Orlando. Um, oh, let's just say it, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Milwaukee yep. sweet. Yep. Um, the 2-7 matchup, we've got Toronto and Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn that we didn't really mention in this. They have near zero players, but obviously the players were like playing for their spots, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Awesome to hey, watch Brooklyn. And who's their who's their coach at the moment? Um Jacques Vaughan. Oh, he came in. Yeah. He's the interim coach. He replaced Kenny Atkinson. He's got them playing some mm. incredible basketball. Uh Caris Levert, give a shout out to him. He's been incredible and played exceptionally yeah. well today with 37 points in the loss. So look, the way Brooklyn played today, they're they might take one or two games at best case scenario from Toronto, but that should be an easy yeah, that's win best for the case. Um, Unfortunately, they're playing like it'd be nice, for example, if, for example, the Nets matched up against the Sixers, for example, because that, as I said, that team that's just playing with nothing to lose, all these uh, sort of bench players um, might have picked up the biggest upset or something. But Toronto are so strong, so you've got to say Toronto yep. and Four or five. Definitely. Um, um, then is our matchup. Boston versus third, Philly. Three third and six. Third six. Yep. Yeah, let's, let's not predict for that one just yet. <laughs> no good can come from this. <laughs> um, then there's the Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren. Hopefully it's a better series than that game was. I believe they're playing again tomorrow, the the Miami and Indiana Pacers. Yeah, so they've got a game um, tomorrow to determine who's the fourth seed and who's the fifth seed for home court advantage, which means absolutely bugger all. <laughs> um, yep. So I'm assuming both there, they'll be resting for tomorrow's game, but that'll be a good series. I'm, I'm leaning towards, oh my, I want to say Indiana, but I think I have to go Miami. Yeah, uh, I've watched both games of, uh, all, all three games so far of Miami, Indiana this season and Miami's own like it works on Philly works so well on Indiana. So I'd, I'd, I'd take them over to the West. Uh, so with the, the one and eight matchup, we've got um, Los Angeles Lakers versus the Blazers and or, well not and or, uh, the Blazers or the Grizzlies. Um, so you would assume. Would say the, yeah. You'd assume the Lakers will win that regardless, but. We definitely know oh. the Blazers will will put up a bit more. Of a no, I, I was going to uh, – yeah, I think Portland will beat Memphis. I agree. And and I don't know. I can't predict that one. I, really? See, right now I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards the Blazers over the Lakers. Oh, God. No, nah, the Lakers will come out and that won't that won't be an issue for them. We got the, uh, the Clippers, number two seed versus Dallas. That'll be a great – That'll be just a fun series to watch as a neutral, I'm suspecting. I uh, think the, I mean, if um, I to, the Clippers give, should run away with that one just for the um, Dallas's defensive struggles. I can't think of any other nicer way to put that. However, um, watching Luca in the playoffs will be good fun. Denver against Utah, I I, I reckon it'll be a nice matchup. Um, but I feel like for me, Denver will put the foot to the gas and then Utah, I don't know. I just I just feel like... They just haven't got it all together yet. S- similar to sort of the Sixers story, they haven't got it together yet. Missing Bogdanovic. Um, oh, sorry. Is it Bog- Bojanovic? Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. 
One of them. No, Bogdan. No, Bojan Bogdanovic. That's who they're <laughs> There's missing. too many. Um, yeah, I because agree. Bo- though. I Bogdan think, is the Kings. I think Denver's got this one. Um, they're going to try and run. They've got the the fresh legs. They sort of play like a slow pace, but quick movement. If that makes sense, with Jokic in the middle, um, and I think that'll be too much for Utah. And moving on to the last matchup on our screen here, Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook's, if he does play, first playoff series with Houston as against his old home, the Thunder. This uh, It depends on Russ's health, obviously. Um, but if we're going in healthy, I'll take the Rockets. If we're going in without Russ, you'd have to sort of lean towards OKC. But, you know, we've seen that James Harden can do incredible things off his own back before. So anything can really happy, happen there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure what to think, but I, I just, I just feel like Houston will get up in that one. So, yeah, we'll, we will have to see with, uh, with uh, Russ's injury. But uh, how about we, uh, we leave it there? We'll talk next week when uh, we hate each other. Looking forward to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, now nah, everyone, uh, thank you for voting on the the socials. Uh, we're on Facebook, the Bronx Cheer Basketball Twitter. Uh, is Bronx Cheer B-Ball, uh, Instagram, the Bronx Cheer Basketball, anywhere you get your podcasts, the Bronx Cheer Basketball again. And uh, please follow, listen, subscribe, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and uh, we'll catch you next week for some uh, playoff talk. Thanks, JL. It's been fun, Nave.